0: It's time for the LaneCast with Montana's very own Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the LaneCast where we are going to continue to have the agriculture conversation and we are taking a little bit of a different path for today's show. We are actually just south of Norris, Montana. Our guest today is Larry Shores. He and his wife, Terry, own West Trends. If you are in the rodeo business, maybe attend equine events across Montana, Arizona, and even the National Finals Rodeo, you have probably seen their mobile booth it's actually a horse trailer that is just decked out with hats and gear and we are at their family ranch just south of norris montana at the home shop larry how are things going today pretty darn good getting into the fall and enjoying the weather well the weather has been a lot better especially since we are done with that 90 100 degree weather and especially down here in southwest montana it's been beautiful this fall and this cooler weather is helped up with all the forest fires we have been having. But uh, obviously, we're at the Cowboy Hat Bar, and uh, you're going to be hearing a little bit of steam as I'm getting a brand-new American hat shaped up that uh, Larry's going to make me look good in a hat because Labor Day was just this past weekend. And, Larry, what does that mean? That means it's time to drag out your felt hat or run down and get a new one. Well, I mean, it's just like the, the saying, you can't wear white after Labor Day, and uh, I've uh, put the straw hat away, and I needed a new felt hat so I can uh, look good on TV and look like I'm actually a cowboy. I always say I go home to help dad work cows or fence uh, every every few months just so I can wear my cowboy hat and, and seem like I'm legit and don't talk for a living. But, uh, uh, Larry, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the operation here and uh, the Mobile West Trends uh, trailer. And uh, just how you got your start shaping hats, because shaping hats is an artwork. I would say it probably
1: is. I've been doing it a long time, though. I was a college kid and took a job down on Main Street in Bozeman in a store that doesn't even exist anymore. Um, And actually, what was supposed to have been a couple days helping them count inventory turned into a summer job. And... The rest is history, so to speak. A summer job turned into a career. That was in 1975. In 79, my wife and I opened our own business and, uh, and took after it ourselves. And like we say, the rest is history. Here we are almost 39 years later, and I'm still shaping hats.
0: Well, as you uh, continue to start shaping that hat, we're going to take a quick commercial break and be back right after this.
1: Your National Cattlemen's Beef Association knows there's what benefits cattlemen and there's what doesn't. Trade, the farm bill, technology and conservation. The decisions being made in Washington affect the life of each and every cattleman. When it comes to the issues, there's simply no room for gray area. To us, it's as clear as black and white. Visit joinncba.org to learn more.
0: All right, a big thank you to the NCBA for sponsoring today's show. But back to the discussion of our cowboy hat that Larry's shaping for us right now. Well, I know the first hat I got from you was my senior year at the high school rodeo finals. My dad's uh, gift to me. His graduation gift was uh, getting me a black gold Resist-Doll hat. We were in Bozeman, and it rained a bunch. I think I'd ruined one of my hats because, I mean, it was so muddy there. And uh, I just remember my dad actually got a hat, too, from you, and he still wears it. Those Resist-Dolls are are pretty good hats. And uh, that's the first time I met you, and since then I've had you shape multiple hats. And and I figured it was time to get another hat from you.
1: Yep, and we sure appreciate it. I remember that deal with with you two getting those black golds, and uh, inside the building, we were in the Haines Pavilion there in Bozeman, and had all those resist all stacked outside, and I remember helping you get your
0: sizes lined up. Well, and uh, we're not picky at all in how we want them shaped. I'm, I'm sure that's <laughs> my, my dad, and I, well, mainly my dad. That's how I, I, I learned how to be picky and, and how to shape a, a cowboy hat. It, it's it's like he was a calf roper or something in his younger years, wanting that hat just perfect. But uh, I've uh, gained a lot of respect for cowboy hats, and I know you never put them on the bed. That's one of the worst things you can do. Oh,
1: there's a bunch of little little things that you that you learn and if you haven't figured it out yet somebody's bound to tell you set it down wrong touch somebody else's hat uh laying them on the bed what you have to do once you once you've done that now you got to take them and fling them against the wall to get all the bad luck (laughs) out of them that you just put in them when you sat on the bed
0: Well, let's just talk. You got this uh, American hat. Let's talk about the hat itself. Uh, Where are they made at? Because with the name American, obviously they're made here in the United States. But let's talk about it. And
1: they are. They're in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. It's a suburb called uh, Bowie, Texas. And that's where they're still built. And uh, and have been now uh, for about, I think, roughly 20 years, a little less than that, maybe, company started though in 1915 and uh, and they've always been known as a small but great company um, I, I have been selling them since the very beginning uh, the first store I worked in we sold American straws predominantly resist all felts predominantly with a little mix going the other way a few resist all straws and a few uh, American felt hats and um, and so I've, I've been with them for I'm working on 44 years, I guess, and and uh, I still find them to be right up there with the best.
0: Well, there's been a lot of changes in just the manufacturing and the ownership of a lot of these hat businesses mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. What have been some of those biggest uh, changes? Because I know there's some ranchers out there, they've had the same hat for years, mm-hmm. and some hats just don't last very long. So you're really buying quality and uh, longevity of those hats as well. That's exactly true and um, and I,
1: I've got to say that one of the biggest changes in our industry as a whole has been the changeover from uh, small uh, family-owned companies uh, both on the retail and the manufacturing end um, changing into more of a corporate structure sort of a deal and uh, and I think that's one of the things that I like about American particularly is there's still, uh, still a family-owned outfit, and dealing with them is like dealing with a family. If we have a problem, you know, which we just hardly ever do, but if you have a problem, you call and you talk to the boss, and, and that just doesn't happen in a corporate structure. You, you're, you're dealing with a customer service person, and it never goes beyond that.
0: Well, uh, let's just, uh, I'll let you start shaping on, on that hat there. Uh, I, I can't shape a hat to save my life. And you know that. That's why I come to you, whether it's at the Nile Stock Show and Rodeo. And uh, (laughs) we've spent a lot of time uh, with you shaping my hats and us just going back and forth and BSing. And I I just appreciate you taking the time. But uh, how long did it take you to get where you could shape hats differently? Because, of course, you have a style that you like to wear. But every other person coming into the store or the mobile unit, they want them shaped differently. How long did it take you to get where you were confident when you started back in college there on Main Street, probably in Bozeman? It, um, it came relatively quickly.
1: I think I realized right from the beginning that in a state like Montana, we just are not going to have enough ropers or enough horse show people or enough rodeo people to make your living out of. So you better be able to satisfy everybody and, and keep those people coming back to you um the story I always tell and as I remember it um in the in the very beginning my boss pretty much said to me if you can't learn how to shape hats you ain't of very much use to me and so it was a pretty important factor to to get that down and the best piece of advice that he gave me was um you just need to have a hat in your hand most of the time during this first several weeks and get used to handling them and what you're gonna do with them and how to get the straight line in them and all that and uh, with the straw hats with a good straw hat um, you can put a little bit of a crease in it and we bought all of our straws in that store open-crowned as I still do meaning no shape at all and then we would hand shape it and um, but you can put a little bit of a crease in it if you don't push them and pinch the edges pop that back out maybe do another one you can put that one back on the shelf and pick another one. Well, I would imagine for that first couple weeks, I was trying to do 30 or 40 or 50 hats a day, just a starter crease to get them set and learn how to do it. And um, and that that ended up working really well for me to, to be able to get those first creases in right. And, and uh, that was sort of the start.
0: Now, what was the name of that store you started at?
1: That was Wagner's. Um, there were three really good Western stores in downtown Bozeman at that time. And, um, and Wagner's was the one that I got to work in. It was actually partnered up with one that was on the uh, north side of Main Street. We were on the south side and up a couple blocks. And then, of course, there was, uh, well, if you're old enough to remember in Bozeman, um, uh, Steve's Country Store that then became Melbourne's Country West and then Sam and George bought it who a lot of people know and and it became uh, Country West Incorporated they just dropped the Melberg's name and anyway long story short all three of us we kinda passed customers back and forth we all had slightly different lines and and got along to the point that uh, that we could do that and I would tell you that um, George was kinda the hat shaper over across the street and he gave me hints uh, in what I needed to do and how to do it differently.
0: Uh, well, Bozeman uh, doesn't have three Western stores on Main Street anymore, and I think that's pretty sad. It's, uh, it's changed a lot in the last uh, 20 years for sure, especially in the last 15. And uh, I think it's lost a lot of that old cowboy town charm. And, you know, it used to be the, uh, the cow town, ag school uh college of ag it is still growing i'm proud to be an alumni and proud to support it but it's kind of sad to see just the growth in in bozeman but uh, growth is progress and you can't stop progress but all we can do is really look back on what bozeman used to be and just avoid 19th street when you're (laughs) driving (laughs) in bozeman if you've never been to bozeman just avoid 19th street at all all costs if you're going through bozeman but uh how, how, how did you end up right here? We are in, I mean, you guys have quite the shop. Uh, this is actually my first time uh, being at the home place just south of Norris. How did you end up here, the, the family connection, and uh, decide to build a hat shop and uh, Western Wear uh, supply store here? Well, this is actually
1: the place where my wife, Terry grew up. Her dad and grandma homesteaded this place. Her grandfather was the original town physician. the for the town of Norris back when it had 2,500 miners came out from Tennessee in in 1900 and the family came out in 1901 and as it turned out there was a um, I believe like maybe rheumatic fever um, that went through and it took parts of the family her grandfather included leaving her grandmother her dad um, and his little sister and they came up here in 1912 and did the homestead. And uh, and so that has stayed in the family. And now Terry is the last of the, uh, of the family. But um, we had had our store up in the Flathead of Montana um, for almost 30 years. And we got the opportunity to come back home and start this traveling business. And we kind of thought we could do that. We could make this the home base and build us a new building to house us and the um and the store and so now we have both the traveling shop and the brick and mortar shop at least open when we're home when we're when we're not on the road
0: well uh, i'm I'm glad i got to come down here and uh, see it because it is beautiful right here and uh, if you've ever been to uh, norris montana you either take a right to go to pony as i say or harris harrison's Harrison right up that <laughs> way yep uh I-, I frequented the uh the establishments in pony the one establishment the pony yeah, bar B1. the one i used to play a lot of guitar there in college or uh, you go uh south uh, to ennis and the store is located about two and a half miles uh south of norris and uh, norris is, is a great little spot they got the bar there they got a gas station and uh, uh, the tourism is kind of pulling back after labor day which is mm-hmm. like i said coming from bozeman out to out to norris here usually you're passing or or just uh behind about 20 vehicles going 40 miles an hour but um like i said i needed a new hat and great time just to talk about uh, part of uh heritage of the west and that is the cowboy hat you you've never burned yourself on one of those steamers before have you not today (laughs) this of course would be a lot easier to describe if we were on tv which you can tune into tv every single day uh, for your ag news but larry let's talk about what you're doing a little bit there and uh kind of making this hat to to fit my my pinhead (laughs) well i don't know about
1: that but what we've learned with you, Lane, over the years, is that we don't like too big a brim. I better say that you don't like too big a brim. Um, and this hat comes out of the box with a four and a quarter inch flat brim. And we already know that four inch is about what suits you well, looks good on you, and you're comfortable with it. You don't feel like it, like the hat is overpowering you. And this is this is one of those things where you start to mix the <clears throat> The utility part of the hat versus the the looks and appearance and find that happy medium where it's doing its job but it looks good on the person that's wearing it. What we're going to do is take about a quarter inch off of this brim just to make it a little smaller in dimension for you.
0: Now there's a lot of people that wear cowboy hats and there's a lot of famous people that wear cowboy hats i really don't want to distract you as you're cutting that hat but (laughs) you chicken you (laughs) but larry uh who's who are some of those most famous people you've shaped hats for or sold hats to oh gosh probably probably the very
1: top end of my list has got to be uh a quick story from two junes ago guy rides up in a motorcycle and uh He's kind of interested in buying a hat. We go through the whole process. We end up finding him one. And he wanted it shaped just pretty much like I wear my hat. Anyway, because he's on the bike, the hat needs to be mailed. So I, um, I'm i at the cash register ready to get the name and address and all that stuff in. I'm standing there, hands ready to type, What's your first name? John. What's your last name? Stetson. And... Hey. I know he was just waiting standing there waiting for my head to snap off my shoulders when I jumped around and he's standing there holding five fingers up and he's nodding and he says I'm John B the 5th. So there <laughs> that would be the top of the list would be having shaped a hat for John B
0: Stetson. That that is pretty neat especially just the 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 rich history that the uh, Stetson families had, and uh, they've had a lot of lids on a lot of folks uh, and still do. And still do, and we still sell a Stetson hat. I, you know, I'm,
1: I'm proud to say that, that, that um, there are some of those Stetsons, one in particular, the good old LBJ-style open road hat um, that I've been selling since day one. You know, that's, that's, that's one we've just always carried, and I still have customers for that hat, and um, and then of course we could go over to the rack over here and we can pick out a few other stets and styles that I've got.
0: Well, and folks are starting to wear hats more. Not not just uh the ranchers or the equine enthusiasts. The hats are kind of making a comeback in some fashion especially mm-hmm. uh ladies are wearing a lot more hats. That's
1: very true. And I you know I think part of what's happening there it's a it's a health thing that um that has come back around. We've gone a couple generations with with uh, folks not wearing hats as much, got switched over to the ball caps and um, and I think there's quite a few people that have realized now that they weren't doing their skin any favors and, and now they've had a couple of those pre-cancer zones picked off their ears or something and the doctor said you really should be wearing a brimmed hat. What they're learning though is that if they can find somebody like us that'll hand shape a hat and can cut brims and all of that, they really can get a hat that, that suits their personality and their body size and structure and face and all that without it having to be a big old cowboy hat that, that's kind of scary to them.
0: Because you're actually, you mentioned that you just shaped up a turquoise colored hat, mm-hmm. and but it's actually a fedora, the way yeah. the way that you cut it down and shaped it. Yeah,
1: and that's what we're seeing. That's kind of one of the styles, actually, amongst some of the rodeo gals. Something that they would not wear in the arena, but they would wear um, in their out of arena time, and that fedora type style, and then um, and then sometimes in colors, sometimes just in a nice classy black hat. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, we're also seeing a comeback in those taller crowns and mm-hmm. shorter brims. Uh, there, there's uh, guys like Dale Brisby are bringing back that yeah. style, and a, a lot of uh, rough stock guys, uh, especially the high school-level kids, the college kids are starting to wear those uh, shorter brims. Did you ever think that style would come back, or maybe some of those styles that have come and gone and, uh, and they're retro again? Yeah, i I have been
1: predicting it for a little while. Well, you told I've, me that yeah. what,
0: you were shaping one of my hats a uh, yep. year ago, and you yep. said that was going to become a North. That was, what was, that was what was coming. And, um,
1: and what, what I was seeing is that some of these younger kids and, and the followers of Brisby, of Dale Brisby, um, they were seeing, seeing that type of style around a little bit. But I'd ask them, I, you know, you haven't seen a whole bunch of these. You must be looking at pictures. Who are you looking at? and i pretty much got the same four answers larry mahan chris Ledoux, Donnie gay and grandpa what grandpa was wearing when he was riding bronx in the early 70s or even into the late 70s and that's that's been what i have seen for all the years i've been doing this and all the generations now that i've seen is that the kids will take a look at their friends they'll take a look at their brother what he wears they'll take a look at grandpa that's maybe they just won't wear what dad wears there's going to be a change there somewhere and they may widen the brim a little they may narrow it up now we're tall raising
0: the crown up a little taller well i never had a different colored felt hat i always wore black because that's what dad wore and i think that i mean Mm -hmm. that's really all we could wear and what's the color of this since i'm going outside of my comfort zone it is
1: called natural, still. Um, the difference though is that um, as you change the blend of furs in the hats, the color will change. Uh, a Beaver is a little darker, browner shade. Um, this hat is a blend of beaver and rabbit. This is a 40X hat and, uh, and the rabbit in the hat gives it just a little grayer tone to it. A full natural rabbit hat is pretty gray in color. Um, and the different blends, as we go more and more beaver into it, it'll get a little bit
0: darker. <laughs> so how many hats do you think you yourself shape in a year? Um, We've taken
1: a guess based on, uh, on how many that we know that we've sold, and then also how many we shape of Older hats, like you've brought me hats to clean up and tune up, as I call it. Um, And, you know, the guess is somewhere in there around 5,000-ish a year and multiplied times almost 40. Yep. Yeah, we're we're somewhere well north of 100,000 in the career anyway.
0: That's a few hats.
1: That's That's a a lot of heads. A lot of heads. Well, I don't know. You know, maybe that's only 10 people that I've continually it could be me. hats for.
0: It could be me. <laughs> me and my pickiness and how I want my hats looking. But uh, for, for our listeners tuning in here today, that mobile uh, shop that you have, it says Westerns right on the side. What are some of those events that uh, you hit up? Uh, let's just walk, walk through early summer, mm-hmm. and then uh, as you make your way back mm-hmm. up here in the spring, let's, uh, sure. what's your summer look like, some of those locations you're at?
1: You bet. Um, we t- pretty much start our season about the 1st of May, and that's likely to be um, maybe a barrel race uh, early on. We'll be able to do some indoor stuff still where you're not sure how well you can trust the weather. Um but we'll start off with a barrel race or two. Then there may be a high school rodeo in there, of course. At that point, um, by the time we get to June, then normally we're doing a um, uh, maybe one last high school rodeo, maybe another barrel race, and then we come to high school finals, uh, Montana high school finals, and uh, where we met you probably
0: ten years, eight, eight, years, eight, eight, ten years eight, ten ago, years something ago,
1: something like that. Yeah, and. Um, get through that and then we start thinking about high school nationals we've done the high school nationals for a couple years although we did miss it this year um and by then we're starting to oh get some other kind of private showing deals we do a deal with the missoula chamber of commerce that uh, up in the flathead again they that usually happens late in may and uh, and we go up and present hats to to a class called Leadership Missoula which a lot of the communities around Bozeman have their uh, around Montana rather have their leadership Bozeman or leadership Billings classes and then they've just chosen us to help them provide a, uh, an award for those that completed their class then we get to July and of course 4th of July and Ennis is a big deal we have if we do the national high school finals that comes up right after that and then we start getting towards fair season and August is the fair month. We do the fair and rodeo in Twin Bridges and and uh, then fair and rodeo in Dillon we just finished up with over Labor Day. And then we'll change the trailer out and we'll start using it as a cargo trailer for October and go to Nile and everything goes inside to build a booth and, and then come home and just start laying on the inventory to go down to Vegas to South Point during NFR time.
0: So uh, do you know your booth number for South Point yet, or is it always the same place? But you'll be at South Point. Yeah,
1: we'll be at South Point. They haven't really given it. They don't actually assign a number. Um, what I always tell people is when you walk in the door, look for the steam rising to the ceiling. That's as good a way to find us as any. We're kind of right in the middle of their main building out from the, uh, from the arena where the World Series of Team Roping is going on right at
0: that point. Well, that's, that's just one of those fun day events to go out to because once you watch the performance uh, during the NFR, you maybe go gamble, have a few drinks, uh, or maybe you go to bed early. I don't meet too many people that go to bed early in Vegas, but no. it's just fun to go out to South Point. And uh, if you're not staying there and, and watch the World Series ropings, those, that's some of the most fun team ropings to actually watch and because uh, there's a lot of money one at those
1: wow it it is absolutely scary really i as big a deal as the nfr is um that roping gives out way more money in their six day run and uh and there's a lot of happy people running around there
0: so at the nfr you uh you probably shape uh, a few hats a day and sell a few hats uh you know i asked you who who your most uh uh Famous person. You said John B. Stenson, the fifth, which, uh, again, great, great uh, family, uh, part of the American West and the myth of of the West as well. But who are some of those uh, big rodeo stars that you've got to chat with and shape hats for? Uh, I know there's been a lot, but uh, who comes to mind uh, at at the top of your head?
1: Right off the top, I I think the Ropers would know Speedy Williams. um, I did hats for him this year uh, that I saw. Um, let's see, I, over the years, uh, there's been other TV type stars, some of the guys from Gunsmoke back in the early days when it was being still filmed, lived over here in Ennis, and did, did hats for a couple of those guys, I still, still actually work with, um, Cooper Taylor, Buck Taylor's son,
0: he lives here in Ennis, and
1: really? he comes in,
0: we we have a, a, a painting. Well, it's a it's a print that uh, Buck Taylor Buck did. of mm-hmm. uh, of uh, James Arnez who played mm-hmm. Matt Dillon. That's one of my favorite uh, uh, prints that my parents have ever bought. It's a big old one, and uh, I hope someday I hope to hang that in my house. But uh, uh-huh. just uh, uh, yeah. talking about uh, the the gunsmoke connection there.
1: Yeah. and... Well, later on in the Young Guns days, we dealt with Kiefer Sutherland and uh, Emilio Estevez. They came in in whitefish when we had our store up in the Flathead. Um, now some of the other rodeo stars, um, oh gosh, let's see. Um, I have done for Ty Murray, I've got a poster somewhere right over here um, of his. and. Um, oh gosh, the names are of course going to escape me. Now that you're well, you We got be on Chris
0: LeDoux right behind you there too. You got an album yeah, of his and
1: we, we dealt with Chris quite a bit. I did not actually um do hats for him, so I can't claim that. But we were way early on in 79 when we opened our store. I'm going to say by the end of 79, I had taken his address off of one of our vinyl albums and uh sent him a letter and asked if he'd be interested in having us sell his products. So for gosh 25 years we um, we sold his at first uh, eight track tapes and and vinyl records and then moved on to cassette tapes and eventually he signed on with capital and then we moved to CDs and um, the picture you see there on the wall was at some point where he came through Columbia Falls Montana and played a date there and He had asked the owner of the bar, he said, I know we've got a store somewhere here in the area. Do you know where 3 Bar 2 Western Outfitters is? And that was the name we used at that time, uh, which is our family brand here on the ranch. Um, Anyway, they did, and they made sure that we got to the concert. And then Chris called us backstage and wanted to visit for a little while.
0: Well... We're talking about uh, family-owned businesses, and uh, it, it's, in some places, it's, it's hard to keep a business going. And you are a small family business. Uh, well, you know, well, how have you been able to stay successful? Obviously, having a brick-and-mortar store here at uh, the family's home place, but also being able to be mobile. But you also go down to Arizona uh, in, in the wintertime after the NFR. But uh, let's talk about your business strategy along the way, too. I think it's pretty simple. Um, early on we
1: we kind of figured out with some of the bigger more corporate type stores coming into our business the best way to compete against those kind of businesses is don't compete against them find something different luckily for me the hat shaping was was just something that was already there I didn't have to go learn how to shape hats but I think I can pretty safely say that that is what um, what has kept us going is not being scared to sell a little nicer quality. Uh, don't let the prices scare you because the customers are out there for nicer stuff. You just have to show it to them and then understand your product well enough to be able to sell it. And I I, it, I don't think it makes any difference w- whether we talk about a good hat or a good tractor. If you understand your product,
0: people will. They will go. Now you also refurbish a lot of hats and fix them up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our friends listening that uh, maybe run into you in montana arizona or the nfr i mean you have a whole heck you got what 20 hats probably right there maybe not that many maybe that, not that many, but i bet i got a dozen sitting on the counter that are waiting to be picked up that have been cleaned and reshaped and
1: waiting for their owner to come in <laughs>
0: Well, and that's just one of the the many things why I've enjoyed uh, uh, just always talking. I always take time to to come and see you, mainly at the Nile. We run into each other at the Nile Stock Show and Rodeo quite a bunch. And this year, I'm actually announcing all the equine events. So I'll just be in the arena. You'll be down underneath the Remrock Auto Arena. So if you're going to be in Billings for the uh, 51st Nile Stock Show and Rodeo, make sure and stop and see Larry and Terry. And you you have more than just hats, as well. Uh, Terry has uh, all that uh, Montana silversmith. Uh, a jewelry as well, and uh, you have some uh, gear, and that—that's also uh, we got—we got a bunch of horse tack here as well. So it's not just uh, not just the uh, the good uh, felt cowboy hats and the straws that you sell either. Yep, yeah, it's a, that probably falls into the business
1: plan thing—a little mixture of stuff. I don't think anybody in this state can very well make a good solid living in a store out of one item. I think you just have to have a nice nice variety of some things and and uh, and then
0: decide which shows you're going to and what's going to work for you now the shape of the cowboy hat that is debated between groups and it's always interesting talking with uh, folks from urban areas and describing well you can tell the background that person's from based on how they shape their hat certainly And I think it's changing a little bit, uh, especially in, like, the timed event ends. You kind of see a crossover between some of the rough stock with these younger guys and uh, the timed event. Uh, but 10, 20 years ago, you could tell, well, that's a calf roper. Mm-hmm. That's a team roper. That's a rough stock guy. But uh, what what are some of those different uh, – just uh, going the different regions in Montana, going to the NFR, and then also going down uh, – into arizona during the winter time with your mobile rig Uh, what are some of those uh interesting uh, ways that you've shaped hats for folks
1: oh gosh it is absolutely amazing what some people can come up with for an idea um i had a guy this winter down in arizona that that really liked a big old finger pinch on the right side of his hat didn't match it on the left he intentionally took a new hat and put this finger pinch into it and drop the corner maybe a full half inch lower than the other side. So it really looked crooked. Oh, that's when, blasphemy. Yeah. yeah. When I asked him about it, though, he says, that's my howdy, ma'am. That's how I grab my hat when I greet a lady and I want that finger roll in there.
0: Okay. That makes sense to me. Well, that's what the customer wants. That's yep, what they get. That's what they get. Now, you also, uh, before we uh, started shaping this hat, you were talking about... Uh, One poor soul who had a slide-out on a horse trailer, and their hat got pinched in between there. Oh, I kind of feel for that person, because you just probably weren't expecting to to hear a little bit of a padded thud uh, when that... Yeah, Yeah,
1: and uh, that is, as I said, kind of a new event. That was something nobody ever heard of five, six years ago. Now, so many of these Living Quarters trailers have a slide-out in them. And it is something that I see fairly regular now. You, you need to remember to check
0: and locate your hat before you run the slide out. How long does it usually take to uh, shape a hat? I know we're talking, it's probably slowing you down a little bit, but uh, how fast uh, when you get get one coming out that's flat and rounded on the top, uh, right out of the box, how long does it usually take you? Uh, it will probably take me 10 to 15 minutes.
1: Um, I catch some flack sometimes about being slow and talking while i'm doing it but um but i'm a believer you need to first of all take the time to get it right um you need to get enough steam into the hat to to do two things actually the first step is uh, and maybe the first minute of the steaming process is actually softening that steam uh, that felt so you can work it but more importantly taking enough time to get the steam into the felt so that it actually reactivates the felting process the fur fibers loosen their grip on each other that allows you then to to fully take out anything that was in the hat put your new shape into it and then as it cools it locks into this new shape and i'm just a believer if you try to hurry that process you're not going to get a good enough shape into it to, to actually hold the shape and um, and i i see a lot of a lot of people that brag because they can get a hat done in four and a half minutes and that's fine you know but i just don't think you get as good a shaping job
0: well we could have our own tv show like uh forged in fire mm-hmm. uh, we could have uh mm-hmm. how do you shape a hat and uh, how does it uh stand up to uh strenuous tasks i think that'd be a pretty good show
1: yeah actually it would it would <laughs> i just had a guy this weekend at dillon
0: um at the fair
1: in dillon and he was a rodeo guy Um, tell me i don't know what you do that's different but your hats always hold the shape and i never have to do very much with them and i explained that very thing to him that's why i just don't get in a hurry with the steam
0: well it's so frustrating when you when you get a hat you put it on uh from wherever you get it and an hour later or a day later it's just it's uh lost some shape it's lost its shape and like i said i cannot shape a hat i can do the front but i mean Again, that's why I talk for a living and don't shape. Do I need to try that on?
1: Whenever we're ready. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm just talking here.
1: Yeah.
0: Might have to take a little commercial break, but... Do you think we need to bring it in a little bit on the sides?
1: I might be a little wider than some of your others, yeah. We could, can. Uh, I should probably measure. Get out my trusty measuring stick and see where we actually are on it. Okay. It's not bad. Le- I just lean in.
0: You dang picky guys, you picked out three-eighths of an inch, and you could see that. <laughs> well, you've got to do everything to make me look good when I'm uh, out from behind the, uh, the uh, microphone and actually on TV. I don't want to scare anyone to death on the TV. And I'm pretty sure that ain't going to happen. <laughs> I would say this is probably one of the first podcasts that's been done at a, uh, a hat bar with uh, steam going off.
1: We'll see how that all works I'm sure out.
0: somebody's going to be, uh, oh, that, this, the sound on this is horrible. Well, that, that's what happens when we do it live. hmm Yep, yep. Live broadcast. Okay, here you go. I'll Mr. try Dickies. this back on again. Okay, I think we're getting to where I like it there. We'll bring the, the back up there a little, bit, little to,
1: bit. How would I do for roundness on the
0: back end? We're there? doing Are good. We, I just want just that up take, a little take, more. Take. and another little touch up yeah
1: but that's how it should be done uh, you you know me well enough now to know that that's why we do the open crown and w- that's how I encourage people to be if you can get it done the way you want it don't accept it just cuz it's close yep you know that's all you got to do is say something and and we'll make those adjustments a little more roundness and we'll be Kay. I think in good shape. No pun intended.
0: <laughs> What's the oldest hat in, that you've ever uh, reshaped and uh, cleaned up for somebody? Probably
1: early 1900s. I would say really? 1910,
0: 1920,
1: somewhere in there. What kind of hat was that? Stetson.
0: Stetson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Often the old, oldest hats that I do are Stetsons. The next would be Resistalls. Um Occasionally, I'll have somebody show up with a Dobbs or a Bradford, which are old, old names um, in the hat biz, and they were maybe known more later on for fedoras than they were for western hats, for dress hats as opposed mm-hmm. to western. But they did do western hats as well. Um, one of the one of the things that uh, some of our companies used to do is, it often it's true that um, that the companies would own several different brand names and um, you'd often see a company that uh, say Resistall also owned the Brads, Bradford and Dobbs names they'd come into a town and, and so that they could sell to two stores in town they would sell the the western western store the Resistall and then somebody else that wanted to carry a few western hats they would sell them the Bradford line and um, and so they weren't in direct competition but they were essentially the same hats mm-hmm. um, that was a technique used quite a lot in the hat industry.
0: Now, is Resistol and Stetson, are they owned by the same company now, too? Is that they, correct? They are now. Um,
1: Resistol, Stetson, Charlie One Horse, and Wrangler are all part of the Hatco company, and uh, all under the auspices of, of Hatco, um, which, you know, as they say, it's a corporate structure, but it sure offers some advantages for them, too, being able to... to use the same bodies and the same body plant to create their hats and and gives them quite a bit of range to work from
0: are we doing better there i think we are oh i just knocked my coffee over it was closed though yeah. oh yeah we're looking a lot better there aren't we i think we're getting there
1: I you're think... wearing your dad's hat is what you're doing no <laughs>
0: I tried to go away from the style that my dad had, but it is getting more and more like it. It's getting closer and closer to dad's It it truly is.
1: That's okay. A a little parental respect, how that happened (laughs) in this day and age.
0: I got my butt butt chewed enough growing up,
1: I guess. I think I remember that in that first go-round, you trying to do
0: something different 10 years ago,
1: and him saying, no, we're not going to have that.
0: And, and he is not a blunt person at all and he just he tries to you know talk talk smooth and for you, those of you that maybe know larry Nordland, uh he is a very blunt individual and uh, will tell you exactly what's on his mind so
1: <laughs> often down there in vegas um at that team roping i i will say that the ropers generally wear stuff pretty similar but i'll get my stack of hats built up that um that the guys will get his new hat picked out and then he'll just go off and have a beer or something while i do the shaping and i'll have six or eight hats there and they'll have their little instruction tags on them and it will very simply say 20 year old roper 40 year old roper 60 year old roper (laughs) and that gives me my starting point and then we can fine tune when he comes back to pick it up but generally speaking those age groupings we can we can nail the shape of the hat just from the age of the person <laughs> and you may not want to hear it but you're wearing a
0: 40-year-old roper well i mean i've always described myself since i've been about 12 years old as a 60-year-old man
1: in a, in I mean, kid's I, body
0: I, I mean get up early every day eat oatmeal I used to get the dirtiest looks from waitresses at uh, restaurants in the mornings you'd be going somewhere and you know everyone's having you know bacon and eggs I'm like I'll just have oatmeal yeah. and, and they'd always say you're like the oldest little man we've ever met <laughs> that's why I get up early and go to bed go to bed early too uh-huh. so but no, I think we're getting there that is funny we got another hat there that's shaped a little different. It looks good on me, but uh, I think we are going back to the Larry Nordman style hat, aren't we? <laughs> it's, and that's perfectly
1: okay. It's it's all about what you like and what you're comfortable with, and and that's the beauty of the hand shaping deal is that yep. you can you can get it the way you want it. And this is a good trick for you too to to use. What I'm doing is supporting it on the outside to create the place for that bubble to go. And then wherever it is that you need it. And that could be out above the eyebrows like the other one was. It could be just dead center. Wherever it needs it, then just work that out a little bit. and Use your your fingers. And what I'm also doing now with these fingers is squeezing in. That looked to me like it had just, not really a gap, but Mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't touching quite as firmly out here and so that's what I'm doing is bringing in the sides a little and I'm trying to take the pressure off the forehead. Now that may have changed the shape just a touch too. Yeah. We may need to go back and...
0: because it seems a little too... too snug out there right now? There. Yeah. Okay. I got it too
1: too squeezed in there. See, and this is the last part of the process.
0: The fine tuning.
1: Yeah, the fine tuning and the fitting. Um, I believe you want to get that hat shaped first uh, for the appearance and then we come back and spend another few minutes on getting the getting the fit just where we need to need to be and there's you know a bunch of tricks of the trade I guess we'd call them um, to either enlarge spots of the hat or to tighten down certain spots in the hat that's um, kind of like buying a pair of jeans or something it doesn't do you any good to have the right waist size if they're six inches too short with the hat the circumference is only the first part <laughs> then getting the shape, the head shape built into it is probably the even more important part. And still, all the things we do right here in the store, there's still no substitute for the wearing of them. You yeah. know, getting out and sweating the hat in, as as we used to say, um, that's what finishes that fit. But the closer I can get to start it off, yeah. the easier it is f- for you to finish it. And I, it's always my goal to to have you feeling comfortable to walk out the door and yep. wearing the hat and knowing that it's that it's the way you the way you well
0: you've it. seen one hat that i just was not comfortable in and i was ready to throw it in the garbage one day <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. yeah, but we got that resolved but it did not come from you so <laughs> but we're just making sure that everything looks good
1: yep yep this is the part where you take your time i've taken my time on it now now you take your time. And you may want to go over to the mirror yeah. behind you, Lane, and that one you can kind of step up into and, and take a look at. I might have these sides rolled in just a little bit tighter. Um, and Which, that I might don't... that might be the difference between you and your dad. Yeah. Your dad would have had me probably roll that edge just a little bit more. Yeah.
0: Because um, what's really the difference between this? One? I mean, because that's where I can't shape. Mm-hmm. Um hmm that's just flared out a little more yeah isn't
1: exactly that? exactly it's just laid down a little bit more where i rolled if, that over which tends to be how they naturally end up on, and all i'm doing is kind of steaming that roll into it which yeah. is probably better for the hat than breaking it like that a little? Yeah,
0: okay. it is.
1: oh you'll love this i might not even have to put my hand on it <laughs> add a little steam to it and just let it relax
0: Oh yeah, it just it always sounds
1: sort of corny but I often say a hat will pretty much tell you what it's going to allow you to do <laughs> and a lot of this stuff they will just do by themselves if you if you allow it, you know, if you just give it enough steam and and let it go where it wants to go and then, you know, if you need a little little bit more finger work or something, then that's that's fine. Go ahead and do it i find that the felt moves away from the steam Mm -hmm. so i've learned kind of which side you want to apply the steam to to get it to go where you want it to and i think that always all those little things make make a difference in the finished product
0: now you carry a whole range of uh x's i guess we could call them from Mm -hmm. your your basic uh, lowest price ones all the way up to mink is that correct
1: yep we um we can show you hats, felt hats, starting at about forty-four dollars, and I top out at twenty-five hundred. So um, we've got lots of different qualities, and I've always kind of felt that um, you knew where you need to be uh, in in purchasing a hat, and I'm here to give you the information you need to help make that decision. But I accept the fact that not everybody's ready for a five-hundred-dollar hat, and yet. There's no reason why we can't have a hat that looks as good. Um, We can get it shaped for them and all the same things. It just won't last the same way. And I'll have to reshape it five times a year instead of once a year. And, uh, And that's the major part of the difference. But most of our working guys get into the beaver blend hats and... You know, like yours, it'll be a rabbit and beaver blend of some mixture, maybe a 6X from Resistall or a 7X from American, or maybe we'll step up to that 20X black gold that you mentioned, and I sell that 20 uh, still in Resist All. I sell it in American. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a few Stetsons in the 20X. Um, you know, and then you just go on up the scale, wherever you're comfortable to be, and, uh, and figure you're safe to buy without getting murdered when you get home um
0: and and all those are part of the decision yeah, i don't know if my wife knows i'm actually here today
1: i would say don't run the podcast until i don't think she listens already...
0: she hears me talk so much anyways so yeah, she doesn't have I, to I don't turn think the radio she has to turn on the on know. the phone
1: <laughs> next try
0: yeah i'd like i i think i just like that look I okay mean, it's and that's and that's fine a little more anyways
1: well and they always take a certain amount of their shape from from the handling from how you handle them the guy that that just out of habit puts it on and runs his hands down the edge of the brim he's always going to have a little tighter roll in his i i handle my hat with my left hand a fair amount and i sometimes end up with my with the left front edge of my hat curled a little bit tighter um for sure, it's likely to have some dirt marks on that left yep. front corner. Yep. And I can sharpen that edge a little bit, too. I, the, the word a lot of people use in, in hat shaping is Crisp. They want those corners nice and crisp. That seems to be kind of fading a little bit now. Mm-hmm. People are asking me to soften the corners just a yeah. little bit, which which I think is good. I think it's a little easier on the hat. Yep. Any any pinching you do on a hat tends to eventually become a wear spot in the yep. felt. Yep. So, if I can keep them nice and soft and and yet clean looking, that's that's my favorite combination.
0: Anything else that we need to
1: I think I'm good with it, and as long as you are, um, if you're seeing everything you like, I, uh, a question I might ask: I've never put the speed bumps in the side for you. Um, yeah. Okay, for some people, especially if we go a lower crown, that becomes necessary just yeah. to get the hat down on their head. But um, I think
0: this is high but, enough on them.
1: Yeah, I mean and you don't mind a little bit taller this is a fairly average crown it's yep. not
0: not as tall as i wear mine for instance i'm such a short guy i need to look taller yeah, yeah.
1: well that's probably <laughs> true I, you know i never found any connection
0: in uh in
1: hat sizes with body sizes uh-huh. it's it, it is all about style and what you what you like you mean donny and gay didn't want a really tall hat donny gay wore a really <laughs> tall hat and back i i often use his as an example back in the donny gay days we really cranked on those brims in, mm-hmm. uh, and scoping them we call it down in the front and back and and uh, i get a lot of the kids now that say can you turn that front end down and i say remember i learned to shape hats in the donny gay day <laughs> i can touch your nose with the brim without breaking the felt if that's what
0: oh, you oh man me to do. just a little steam and uh some yeah. willpower so, what are the next steps? Let's talk a little bit about hat care. Uh, you know, I've seen you have guys, you know, spray mm-hmm. something. What is that spray? Um, you're probably referring to the hat stiffener,
1: I yeah. would guess. Although um, I use and sell several different kinds of spray-on cleaners mm-hmm. um, for for taking taking working on the old hats. But the stiffener is probably the most important part. After we get the hat cleaned up. Um, I'll put the steam in it and get it shaped and as I mentioned before the steam starts that stiffening process by reactivating the felting actually and as it all tightens up the hat actually does stiffen considerably then the next step is to um, uh, to use this felt hat stiffener and it is simply called felt hat stiffener we get it through one of the hat supply houses and um, pretty expensive stuff but uh, as opposed to a starch or using hairspray to to stiffen them up, this doesn't immediately wash out. Um, you know, you starch your shirt, you want it to wash out when you go wash it and start over again. You don't want that in your hat mm-hmm. the first rainstorm to be gone. So this stiffener, um, it'll it'll come back to hardness again after a rain, or we can shape them a bunch of times with the steam, and it continues to reharden.
0: <laughs> I'm kind of feeling it right there. Okay. i'm just trying
1: yeah and that you're doing that just exactly right thinking about where it is rather than just saying oh it's still a little tight yeah that's what i try to get people to tell me is not just oh um, it's kind of biting me put your finger on the spot where it is and uh and then we can work just that one spot without changing anything else in the hat i I kind of resist using the stretchers, yeah, um, as much as I can because well, as often I as not, I find it's it's not that circumference that needs to be enlarged it's yep. just certain
0: spots that need to need to be shaped in for that individual's head. well, because believe it or not, human heads are not perfectly round or oval. <laughs> they got no. indentations and yeah. stick out in some places and
1: are you familiar
0: with the cochlear hearing implant yes yes
1: well we have done a couple of those with that that ball shaped device on behind an ear yep. on somebody and and often if that was a cowboy type one of the greatest regrets of the deal was that they couldn't wear their hat anymore mm-hmm. and i've been able to put a big enough bubble in the side of a brim and um, the sweatband and brim to make the room for one of those cochlear devices. I've done it a couple times mm-hmm. and and it's pretty amazing to watch the that guy's reaction yep. as he can put his hat back on. He most of the time they don't believe it's really going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that is a wrap on today's show larry shores with west friends thanks for letting me come out to the shop and and take a new american hat made down there in Bowie, texas uh, i'm going to be wearing this uh, tonight at the stock growers banquet i'm heading to but i'm so happy to come down here and i i look forward to seeing you there uh, i guess uh, the next time we'll run into each other is the nile stock show and rodeo but uh where can folks find uh, you and terry i know you're on facebook but we're, and they can look for you at all these different events in Montana and the surrounding regions in Arizona in the wintertime and, of course, at South Point. Uh, where else can they find you?
1: Well, actually, I think that Facebook connection is a, is a biggie. We, um, we have both a personal page and the West Trends uh, has a page of its own, and that generally is used just to tell you where we are, what we're doing this weekend, and what's going
0: on. Well, I I truly appreciate it. This hat looks really good. I'm picky. That's what we talked about the whole day today. But, uh, again, thank you so much to Larry Shores with West Trends. Uh, If you're heading south outside of Norris, they're about two and a half, three miles south on the way to Innes. And uh, there's a big sign. Pull on in and see them. Uh, Maybe uh, check them out on Facebook, too. They they may be on the road as well. So that'll do it for today. I'll have links uh, to their Facebook page in the description. I'm Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture. Thank you for tuning into the Lanecast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster, and nordlandcommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lanecast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the Lanecast.